0: Welcome to a couple of rad takes podcast where we bring you an inside look at the world of radiology from the unique perspective of a married couple of radiologic technologists together we have 30 plus years of experience in the field and are here to demystify the science of medical imaging radiology is the unsung hero of the medical field providing doctors with crucial images and information that help diagnose and treat illnesses. Join us as we explore the latest techniques, technologies, and innovations in radiology and discover the vital role we play in the healthcare industry. So come along for the ride as we share our passion for radiology as a married couple. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our amazing podcast. Today, we have another amazing guest on this podcast. We're going to talk about radiology, but we're going to again talk from a patient perspective. You guys know that I and my husband have been doing radiology for tons of years, over 30 years together. But we want to hear from our patients. We want to hear from those of you who do not work in a profession and give us some insight. So, my guest today is none other than Robin. Robin is I'm going to tell you just a few things about Robin. She's going to fill you in. Robin Graham fill you in in the rest. She's a certified brand strategist and business coach. She's a host of her own podcast show, The Robin Graham Show. If you haven't listened, go ahead and listen today. We'll have all the information in the description for you. And she's the author of You, Me, and Anxiety. I mean, that's a book I think we all need to go and read today. And we're going to talk more about that today, but welcome Robin to our podcast.
1: Thank you, Chandra. I'm so happy to be here. I love the concept of your show. And I I just know that it's going to Help a ton of people let down their guard and be able to have more proactive prophylactic approach to their healthcare.
0: And that's my goal because a lot of times, you know, we in the medical field forget that we're patients too. And we get reminded, at least me, I get reminded when I have to go and get my radiology exam. So yesterday I'm wearing my pink, you guys, for, I know it's not Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but we're talking about breast health today. So I thought it to be so appropriate to wear my pink scrubs and yes, <laughs> shout out to uh, FIG. So if you're listening... <laughs> But I love these scrubs anyway, but I love the pink. I have the pink socks to go with it, the pink shoes. When I wear my pink, I go all out because for me, it's a personal, very personal uh, topic. And Robin and I discussed off camera why it's so personal. I actually just went to a new breast doctor. And that's one thing I advocate for. Women should have a breast doctor. You know, we have an OBGYN or GYN. We have a family practice medicine doctor, you know, internal medicine. We have a dentist. But how many women have can say they have a breast doctor? I never could until I got a great OBGYN that says you need to get a breast doctor that is just as familiar with your breast. So as it starts to change, you know, I'm going into perimenopause, as your breast tissue starts to change, you need a doctor that knows your breast and can stay on top of things for you, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Robin, welcome to our podcast and tell us a little bit about yourself because I feel like people should know who they're talking to first so they can have that personal (laughs) connection.
1: So I've had a very interesting journey, very a linear. I have a doctorate in pharmacy by degree, but about 12 years ago, um, things were just crazy in our household. I was, had my own business. I was a medical writer and consultant for managed care companies and pharmaceutical companies and kind of merging that the two, right? And things were getting crazy as our boys were doing travel sports. My daughter was a toddler and my husband travels 50% of the time. So we were like two ships passing in the night without a family or support system here. And the woman that was helping me with my daughter during the day when I would work became very, very ill. and We lost her. You know, she couldn't care for my child anymore. So my husband and I looked at each other and just said, you know what? Life is too short. This level of stress and anxiety in our house is too much. And I decided to follow my passion and became a professional photographer. Well, that led me to the branding. All I did was headshot and branding photography. And as I specialized in that that area, I realized how many women didn't understand the significance of having a strong foundation for their business first, and then going out and representing themselves. And so I started helping them not only have great imagery, but consulting and helping them build a personal brand and everything around representing themselves and helping them become more visible online. And so that led me to the coaching and consulting. I became a certified brand strategist. And today I am a brand strategist and business coach. I also am a certified master Christian life coach. So I bring a lot of mindset into my coaching and I am just helping women build that solid foundation for long-term success so that they can start and grow a business with simplicity, ease, and grace without having to rely on social media.
0: Mm, I like that because I mean, I never was on social media until the pandemic hit. I mean, I had a Facebook, but it was just to kind of keep up with my family's kids. And it has been, you know, a learning curve, you know, a learning curve, but, and for some, you know, you either catch it or you don't and things constantly change. So I love what you do and we're going to change your name. You're Dr. Graham. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but it's
0: okay. You can call me Robin. I know. I I just had to throw that out there. I mean, it's so interesting. Women are so multifaceted, and we're, we're, especially when we run our own businesses. And and it looks like you're helping bring simplicity. But I want to ask with all of that that you're doing, not only your business, but your family, you find time to make sure you take care of your health. And we got a chance to see you guys, got a chance to see she is not just sitting back drinking margaritas, relaxing. She's, you know, she's a busy businesswoman helping other businesses. She's a family woman and she's enjoying life. But at the same time, she's carving out that time to make sure she takes care of her health. And I think sometimes I'm included. I have let that fall by the wayside and Especially during the pandemic, one thing I found was that I was so consistent getting my exams done. And look, I do radiology for a living for over twenty-one years, and I even kind of looked back at my records after everything the dust settled after the pandemic. And I'm like, oh no, it's been more than a year since I've had this test done, that test done, and now I'm kind of catching up. Do you find that was something that? Why did you make that like a priority for you? Because we're going to talk about the mammogram side and also the MRI uh, breast side of it as well, because both of us have that in common, and you have that as well, but how do you carve time out for your health with being so busy?
1: So here's my strategy. I, every year on my birthday, which happens to be in January, I make all my appointments. So in the fall, I schedule so that I can get in at the time that works for me. I tend to reserve Fridays for my days where I can do appointments or you know, just lighter client days so that those are my days where I have a little more flexibility. And so I will schedule those appointments so that I know that I can book those, mark my calendar off, reserve that time specifically for my own healthcare. So I grew up in a very small town in the middle of nowhere in Illinois and Southern Illinois, not even Chicago, but way down South. And health was not always an emphasis, but what was an emphasis was a lot of diet, you know, body image and all of that stuff. My father was an avid exerciser, really, really strong and healthy. But my mother was always on that um, hamster wheel of dieting and all of her friends, that's all they talked about. My grandmothers, my aunts, that's all they talked about. Well, you throw that into the phase of severe anxiety which I had as a child, teen, and as an adult, and I was anorexic. So that can do a number on your body, especially Mm -hmm. your GI tract. Well, when I was in college, my grandmother died and we did not know at the time specifically where her cancer started. But as I was in pharmacy school and then as I worked with oncologists through the years, we're pretty sure she probably had breast cancer that metastasized to her lungs because that's pretty common. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure she died. Ultimately, the the original diagnosis, had she been proactive with her healthcare, would have been breast cancer that metastasized. Um, So that was lesson number one. Then my sister-in-law, passed away from cervical cancer, mm. which we know can be completely preventable or yeah. avoid it or um, early, I should say, early detection, right. right? She hadn't been going for her well visits. My father <laughs> hated going to the doctor He was diagnosed with esophageal cancer, but by the time he was diagnosed, even though I knew something was wrong and for from like April to, no, from January to August, I'd been trying to get him to go to the doctor. He wouldn't do it. And so he ended up with stage four esophageal cancer, whereas if he had had his testing done early, it would have been treatable mm. by surgery. So I've learned through the course of my life that prevention is key. And I have three kids. I want to see them grow up. There's exactly. a lot of things I can't control, but if I am proactive and I take care of you know, using these diagnostic tools, they're incredible and available to us, then I can catch something early and be able to navigate it. So I, that's a long answer to your question, but I think it's important that you you don't have to follow these like October is breast cancer awareness. Go with your birthday and yeah. schedule those appointments. It's easy to put it on the calendar. I'll go for, for all of those things on my actual birthday sometimes. And people are like, this is how you celebrate your birthday. And I'm like, I'm celebrating me and health is important to me.
0: I love that because I do the same thing. <laughs> It helps me stay consistent. And my mother suggested that to me. She was like, just do it. Cause I, I kept forgetting. she's like, just do it on your birthday. You just do it on your birthday. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it in that month because my birthday's like literally at the end of the month. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I, I do it in that month and that works. I've been doing it since I was 24 because that's when I started getting my first memo. And mm-hmm. that's where I want to talk to you because you said some very important things. Certain people in your life, you saw that they miss things uh because of lack of prevention. You know, we can't say that, it you know, even if you catch it early, that people would still live and be around. But we know with the advances of technology and just catching things early, you have a better chance of quality of life uh, and, and so much more. And you have so much to live for. So some people say, well, I don't want to get a mammogram because it hurts. You know, I've had them and they're not, and I've, I've done them. I, I do screening mammos for a living. Um, I've certified in doing it. And I really have way more empathy. And I got even more empathy when I got it. But as women, we have so many tests that we do, you guys. I mean, I, as a woman, I mean, men just don't know the half of it. Some of the things we do <laughs> that we have to do in order to birth children to just, you know, we just have a lot that we have to do and we do it with, and like you say, I love how you say, do it with grace, give yourself grace. It may hurt, but what is the other option? So walk us through your experience of getting your first mammogram.
1: So this was, I th- I had found, I found a lump and this was right after my father passed away. So this was, it was pretty scary. Like emotionally, I was very scared, nervous, frightened, all of that, anxious, all of it. Um, but I went I had the mammogram and then they did they ended up doing removing the lump that was there but so my very first experience was I was very fearful and this was many years ago this was like 18 years ago so technology then was not what it is today and I'm very small chested so it was a lot of pulling and stretching and squashing and <laughs> very uncomfortable right but I breathe through it right what what are you yeah. going to do I wanted to know the answers I wasn't going to not go because I I was afraid of pain, and I figure you know we go through so many different things as women, and this pain was nothing compared to birthing children or having a broken bone. You know, even emotional pain—it was so temporary. It lasted just minutes. It was fine. So that was my first experience. But now I, the technology has advanced so much, and I just literally last month had my mammogram, and it was the 3D mammogram, and it didn't hurt. It was so much easier. the The way they've now. You 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 know, change the structure of the machines and it was faster and, and I got a clean bill of health. So that was good, but you know, it was much easier, I think now than it was 18 years ago.
0: And I believe you have to just go ahead and do it. You know, you just got to go do do it. And everybody's experience is going to be different. I I, I think about this when I do MRIs, people come in and they've watched a TV program that scares the bejeebies out of them. (laughs) And they're like, oh no, it's just, I'm like, don't believe anything you see on TV when it comes to medical stuff. I'm sorry, (laughs) guys, (laughs) but you know, don't, and they'll Google stuff or they'll talk to family members who had their own anxiety and they'll project that onto them. The same with mammograms. I was fearful my first one. And then afterwards I was like, oh, but one tip I got from one of the mammography technologists, it was one of the best tips because I have fibrocystic breast disease. She was Mm -hmm. like, don't come at this particular time. Wait until right after your cycle where your breasts are less tender. So that's just one tip that I tell people, you know, just regular folks going in kind of time. So you got to be in tune kind of with your body too. You got to know in that week, I'm less sensitive. You know, this week before my cycle, I, you know, I might be more sensitive to pain because there are certain times our bodies are more sensitive to pain, especially when it's gearing up. It's a little more inflamed because our body is getting ready to go through a menstrual cycle where we'll shed the lining of our uh, uterus. So Nick is going to hurt. So just being cognizant of those things. But like you say, as you do it, just do the first one and then each one gets better. I um, and let your technologist know as well, hey, I'm a little scared. Mm-hmm. I'm a little scared. They still have to do their job, but you know, it, it's not a bad procedure, I will say that. And that's speaking from doing them and also having having them myself and Robin seems to agree as well. So the process for some can be daunting. They gotta come and they can't wear deodorant, they can't wear powder. Some people come their baby oil down, they get the lotion on, you know, were you was that process very daunting for you getting ready for your mammogram? No.
1: I mean they they told me not what to do, what not to do, and I just followed the instructions. I feel like you know if people are giving you information use it to your advantage. And so that's what I did. You know, and now it's kind of like, I've done this so many times and every single time I get asked the same questions. Do you have deodorant or powder on? I'm like, nope. And I kind of giggled to myself. It's like, do people <laughs> actually do that after they've been told not to?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's why one of the places they have wipes. Some of the places have yeah. wipes oh, yeah. in the dressing room. So it's like, if you put it on, go ahead and wipe it on and yeah. off. Go ahead and, yeah. you know. I even went yeah. to one place they had deodorant in there because they knew afterwards the women would want to put on deodorant. Well, I personally just keep, when I know I'm getting I keep a little travel size deodorant in my purse, so that way when I leave, I know I could put on my my particular deodorant that I'm all natural kind. I don't like all those things put in them, so I just bring my own. So that's another tip, you guys. If you're fearful of walking around with no deodorant, just get your little travel size or whatever one you use and keep it in your purse when you go get your mammo. so you can put it on as soon as you get redressed.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So that part, you know, it, I I guess because I am an anxious person, if somebody gives me information. I tend to hold on tight to that, and then just follow those rules. So it worked out fine for me, and I think for most people, as long as you just follow the process and breathe into it, I think you'll be fine.
0: So I think you share um, something in common with most people. As women, we're anxious. I don't care how many times I have to go get my yearly Pap smear done, my mammogram. Each time I go, I know I'm going to have to go get an ultrasound because I have very dense breasts. And then from the ultrasound, I remembered the first time I had to get an MRI of my breast, and I was like, Oh no, today. They- Find something. Especially when you do these exams yourself. You're like, nobody gets the MRI of the breast unless they found something. And my family history is like crazy with breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and prostate cancer. You know, so because as we talked before, when you carry that gene and that gene runs in your family, which Obviously doesn't mind. Even the men can carry it. So we're in the process of family getting genetically tested everyone because two of my uncles have cancer. Uh, one has prostate, one has lung. So my breast doctor is like, I need them to get tested. Please get them tested because we, we want to see, you know, how this falls. And it is great for research as well because mm-hmm. it can help someone else. And that's one of my biggest things is we've gotten this far in mammography and made these advances to now it's going over into MRI, which is the Cadillac of breast. Imaging, I mean, it's the best. And you said you've had an MRI of the breast. What was your experience like with
1: that? Yeah, you know, I we have such similar journeys because that was, you know, I they found microcalcifications. I've had to have needle biopsies, and all of that involved the ultrasounds. But then from there, it was the the MRI. And they did that prophylactically so that I had the mammogram and the MRI for many years because I've had so many things that they found that were abnormal. So for me, the MRI is, you know, a lot of people get anxious about MRI because you have to be still. But here's the great thing about it. They put on music and you can just kind of fall asleep. And it doesn't take that long. And it's really kind of relaxing once you get in there. And it's you're not enclosed, you know, there's it's open. At each end. So if someone is intimidated by just the concept of going, just know that the people that work there will put on the kind of music that you like to listen to. And, you know, I can lay there and meditate, pray, or just listen to the music, but I fall asleep and it's almost relaxing.
0: Yeah, I go to sleep. Give me a couple warm blankets. When I do breast MRIs on patients, but when I had my first one, I was like, I see how how they feel. You know, I think every technologist should get in that scanner and get a memo, get some so they could. Really understand it from a patient's point of view. I'm telling you, it's a whole another ball game when you're the patient. And we do have very similar experiences. And I agree with you. I go to sleep. You have to take your mind somewhere else. And I, I want to touch mm-hmm. on it because, like, you are the go-to person. You wrote a book, You, Me, and Anxiety. Many people with MRI, I find that majority of my MRI patients, whether it's a breast MRI or not, they are some level of anxiety or claustrophobia. Most don't even know it until they're put into the situation. Mm-hmm. In your book, you talk about that, and you have your own experience with anxiety. What tip would you give, um, whether they're having an MRI or a mem- mammogram or not, what tip could people get from your book and from you when it comes to managing anxiety?
1: So I'm going to give you a tip specifically for this because our brain is so incredibly miraculous that if you do have anxiety or you do have a phobia around this, you can actually change the neural pathways in your brain by simply doing some exercises. So first of all, I would suggest that you take some time to breathe. Breathe in for four to six counts, hold it four to six counts, and then exhale four to six counts. When we are anxious, our heart rate will tend to elevate. And if you breathe and you let that exhale be a little extra long, then you're going to decrease your heart rate. So that's a great way just as you're approaching the MRI to do that physical, um, I guess, activity, right? The other thing is the way our brains work, if you have negative thoughts coming into your brain, they're going to come in kind of fast and then your brain's going to get stuck almost like a Ferris wheel on those negative thoughts where, you know, when you get on a Ferris wheel at the carnival, it, it goes slow, it lets people off, it lets other people on, and then it starts going faster and faster and faster until it's time to let go, let other people off again. Your brain is like that with negative thoughts. So if your brain is stuck in a negative cycle of thought around getting an MRI or getting a mammogram, get a pen and paper. We know that journaling is equivalent to meditation to change the neural pathways of our brain. So when you can write down all those negative thoughts you're having, those fearful, anxious thoughts that you're having, because what will happen if you don't get rid of those, those negative thoughts will hold you back and you won't take action. You won't make the appointment. You won't go to the appointment. You'll cancel it or reschedule it and just keep putting it off. So you want to make sure that you address these negative thoughts. So when you write down those negative thoughts and then write down the opposite, the positive thought, and some of those positive thoughts can be I am taking care of myself. My health is important to me. By doing this, I will live longer and take care of my children. By doing this, I'm loving myself, I'm loving my family. You know, other thoughts might be this isn't painful. It's short term. It's only going to be a few minutes. I get to choose my music and list out the things that you can do while you're in there. What can you think about while you're in there? Can you pray? Can you meditate? Can you just sit and listen to the lyrics of that? Or can you take a little nap? And if you're extremely, extremely anxious, they will probably allow you to have medication if it's necessary. Honestly, it's not intimidating once you're there. So if you can just navigate that by doing those exercises, I think you'll be able to do this and you'll actually not necessarily look forward to it, but you'll be so grateful that you did.
0: I totally agree. This was amazing. And you guys, thank you, Robin Graham, for being a part of this podcast and shedding some light on how we can manage anxiety and how we can also take care of ourselves despite being busy women in life or in our professions and how you have done it. So you guys, be sure to check out Robin Graham's podcast, The Robin Graham Show, and I'll have all her information in the description. And again, this has been a wonderful conversation. What last tip would you give people when it comes to getting their breast exam.
1: I'm going to say what I said earlier, schedule
0: it around your birthday. That way you don't forget. Best tip ever. Thank you so much, Robin, and have a great day. And that's a wrap for this episode of a couple of Rad Techs podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussion of the fascinating world of radiology and learned something new about the role we play in the healthcare industry. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to reach out. And until next time, stay tuned for more insightful and informative episodes of A Couple of Rad Techs podcast. Oh, and be sure to leave a review. I'd love to know what you guys think.